Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of HR in 15. I am your host, Eric Fudum, Chief Operating Officer at Prestige PEO. Um, today, we welcome Maggie Spell, attorney and partner in the Labor and Employment Practice Group at Jones Walker. Maggie has a deep background in federal, state, and local employment laws, including offering day-to-day advice to employers on workplace issues and defending employers in discrimination, harassment, and retaliation cases. While a lot of our prior episodes have focused on COVID-19 place, we're going to change course a little bit and talk about a major Supreme Court decision back in June that affects the workplace. Maggie is here to talk about Title VII of the Civil Rights Act and how the Supreme Supreme Court's ruling earlier this year impacted protection of LGBTQ and gender nonconforming employees in the workplace under the law. Thank you for joining us, Maggie. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing doing great today. Great, and we're very excited to have you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Title VII and what it means and how it relates to employers? Absolutely. Um, So Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is a federal law that protects employees against discrimination based on certain protected characteristics. Um, And it's always been things like race, color, national origin, sex, and religion. Uh, and, And of course, what sex means has changed over the years and is something we'll be focused on today. Um, Title VII applies to private and public employers that have 15 or more employees, and it doesn't imply, apply to independent contractors. Um, so under Title VII, an employer can't discriminate with regard to any of those protected bases as it pertains to terms, conditions, and privileges of employment, things like recruiting or hiring, promoting, transferring, uh, discharging, measuring performance, et cetera. And and you can't make decisions on the basis of stereotypes or assumptions related to those protected characteristics either. And and the harassment laws also come out of Title VII um, as it prohibits harassment based on membership in any of those protected classes. Great. So what happened in June that brought up, you know, this whole court decision? So there were three cases that made their way up to the U.S. Supreme Court that were all decided at once. And in all three of these cases, there was an employer that allegedly fired a longtime employee simply for being either gay or transgender. So the 11th Circuit decided a case, Bostick versus Clayton County, Georgia, um, and the 11th Circuit covers Alabama, Florida and Georgia. Uh, Gerald Bostick worked as a child welfare advocate, and under his leadership, the county was doing great. They'd won national awards for its work. Uh, But as soon as Gerald joined a gay recreational softball league, the county fired him for conduct, quote, unbecoming an employee of the county um, shortly thereafter. And the 11th Circuit held Title VII does not prohibit employers from firing employees for being gay. Uh, And I am in Louisiana, which is the Fifth Circuit, and which had taken the same approach for a long, long time. 
Um, so we were monitoring that case. Uh, then there was the Altitude Express Incorporated versus Zarda case that came up through the Second Circuit. That's things like where you guys are located in New York, um, Connecticut, and Vermont. So we're talking about, you know, typically a little more progressive um, yeah. part of the world. Sure. Uh, there, Donald Zarda was working as a skydiving instructor and Altitude Express fired him days after mentioning that he was gay and the Second Circuit allowed that claim to go forward. And then in the third case, it involved a funeral home and, and the EEOC was actually um, pursuing that case out of the Sixth Circuit, which is Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, and Tennessee, just to give you an idea of where that one is. Yeah. Um, there, Amy Stevens presented as male when she was hired. She was subsequently diagnosed with gender dysphoria, and it was recommended to her that she begin living as a woman. Uh, the funeral home fired her uh, after she informed her employer that she planned to live and work full time as a woman. And the Sixth Circuit um, actually allowed that claim to proceed as well. So the Supreme Court was faced with a split right among these federal circuit courts as to whether Title VII prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. You know, I'm, I'm trying to understand, like, is it just the fact that these federal courts are upholding, you know, the fact that you know, these, these people are, you know, kind of terminated because of, you know, whether they're gay or transgender or whatever. Is, is that because of how they interpreted the law back in 1964? Like, like, uh, you know, I, I guess for some of us, it's it's hard to even fathom why why they would terminate based on, you know, transgender, um, race, color, sex. It's just, I'm just trying to understand why, why they would uphold it. Uh, I, I'm with you on that. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Some of these courts look to um, how sex would have been uh, defined back in 1964 when this law was drafted to say they weren't thinking of, you know, people who wrote and drafted the law weren't thinking of um, sex as sexual orientation or gender identity such that sex is narrow and it just includes the the binary um female versus male right it's it's you know, more than almost 50 years ago so i could i could see you know why there would be such not not maybe not so black and white not, not so clear okay so so in june um these three cases are taken up with the supreme court and the supreme court basically um rules in favor of the fact that they cannot be terminated based on race, you know, color, sex, religion, right? Yep. That, that, that's kind of the major, it's a, it's a big, it's a big um, decision, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a really big decision. The Supreme court made clear that discrimination based on sex encompasses discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. And there are a couple of lines from the, the case that I think are particularly telling um, you know, the, the first kind of major one that I keep quoting anyway says an employer who fires an individual for being homosexual or transgender fires that person for traits or actions it would not have questioned in members of a different sex. Sex plays a necessary and undisguisable role in the decision, exactly what Title VII prohibits. Or put another way, it, it's impossible to discriminate against a person for being homosexual or transgender without discriminating against that individual based on sex. Um, 
I found a, a hypothetical to be helpful, right? So Bob's a male employee. Bob's attracted to men. Barbara's a female employee. Um, Barbara is also attracted to men. The employer finds out that Bob's gay and attracted to men and fires him while Barbara remains employed. While the decision is based on Bob's sexual orientation, it's necessarily tied to his sex because Barbara, a woman, also likes men and was not fired. So it, to me, you know, it, it the court looked to see what does this all boil down to? And because it's sex at the end of the day, because you're treating somebody differently based on how you think they should act as a certain sex, um, that brings it under the umbrella of Title VII. And, and certainly while this was already the law in some jurisdictions, either because of a ruling by the federal courts there, the circuit court of appeals or a state or local law, there was a patchwork of protection across the country that, that made this um, difficult to enforce for employers and, and certainly um, unfair and, and difficult to uh, live with for folks in the LGBTQ community. You know, that's a really great analogy. I, gu I guess my question would be, what was the dissent? Because that when I hear something as clear and concise on, on facts, to me, that that's pretty self straightforward. And so what would it, what was the other um, justices dissent based on? So the dissent went back to uh, that kind of older reading, right? It, it yeah. looked at what is actually in Title VII, and that's race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. Um, the fact that sexual orientation and gender identity weren't specifically mentioned um, were where at least Justice Alito got caught. Um, he got stuck there. And there have been tons of bills, right, over the last 45 years to add sexual orientation to the list and then recently to add gender identity to the list. And none had passed, which suggested to him that Title VII was, was narrower than this ruling. Got it. Now that we've kind of understood basically what the, the Supreme Court decision back in June meant and how kind of uh, transformational it was and, and how awesome and important it was. What Let's relate that back now to employers, right? So what does that mean for employers and wh what are they basically required to do now or back in June, you know, now that this has happened? It's going to depend, right, on, on where that employer is located and where they operate because there are um, I think I mentioned a patchwork of protection. So there have been a lot of locations where they would have been operating under this um, understanding for a long time. Um, yeah. There are also a lot of companies who have uh, gender identity and sexual orientation listed as things that are prohibited under their company policies. So what people need to do exactly is going to depend on their specific location and and what was already in place there. But this is absolutely a great time to make sure that policies and training materials are up to date, um, particularly where this ruling represents a change in the law uh, where your company operates. It's, it's a great time to offer training to management and employees that would include this update to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Yep, that's great. So that I think is a good segue into our next episode with you, Maggie. So would you uh, like to uh, come back for another episode? 
Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I, I think it's important that we focused on the actual landmark ruling first. And now there are a lot of things to consider as employers on what we need to account for now that, you know, this has been such a, um, you know, kind of um, important change in, in how how we conduct our workplaces. So, Maggie, we're going to have you back. Thank you. Thank you um, for all this awesome information on the Supreme Court ruling. Um, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Just um, be sure to keep an eye eye for our next episode of HR 15, where Maggie will explore how employers can address the prohibitions on discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. Um, Also, you can listen to all our episodes by searching on HR HR in 15 on your favorite podcast app or just hit hrin15.com. Until next time, thank you so much. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com. 